0: What up boys? Welcome back to the Hills Cast. This is episode 5. Today we're gonna coming at you we're gonna be coming at you with the draft recap. It's your host, The Commissioner Tom. Here joined as always by B, Yo, and Mickey. What's up, boys? Ready to bring you more value than any other podcast you ever listened to. Damn straight. (laughs) First of all, I just wanted to thank everybody for the great draft night. It was an intense 25 rounds, people made some foolish picks as expected, but it was a great time. I appreciate everyone taking time out of their schedule to make it happen. The next order of business, though, before we get into the podcast itself, is money. Pay me, you freaking baboons. We are nine days till Thursday Night Football and 12 days until the first Sunday. There are four people on my hit list that I haven't received money from, so if you are on that hit list, hit up the Venmo hit up the Bank of America, make it happen. I need that money by the time that your pl- first player kicks off, because if I don't have it, they're getting the benching. I don't want to hear bitching. I warned you. We just need to communicate, so pay me. All right, boys, on to the value. Today, like I said, we're going to be talking about the draft recap. Going to give you some personal highlights and lowlights from the draft. But before we get into that, I'm going to give you a little bit of news on the NFL, if you've been sleeping this past week, and we're going to come at you with a new segment. So let's kick it off. We're going to start with some NFL news. The first player on our list today, he got paid. He was one of the fortunate running backs this week. That's Mr. Joe Mixon, owned by Sebastian himself. Joe Mixon just got his four-year contract extension, staying with the Cincinnati Bengals, Going to be on that shit offense for some time to come, but I love it for his fantasy value. Always love when your first-round draft pick gets locked up for another couple years. He's going to have that RB1 role solidified. Boys, any thoughts on that? I like the pick. I like the
1: pick. I just don't really like the Bengals, but I agree with Tom. He's going to be solidified for four years. He's going to be the main focus of that offense and a team that's in the rebuilding process. So I do like the
2: the extension. Very good news for Mixon owners. Um, he was in that similar position position as uh kamara with the contract disputes but um i like Mixon going forward with four years i i like the where since he's gone with their young their talent they got their franchise qb there and uh yeah good news all
0: around good news for joe mixon our next guy not so much that is mr alvin kamara who has been absent from training camp for the past four days in my personal opinion i think that this is kind of scary for kamara owners I really don't think that Kamara has much leverage holding out this season, and if he holds out, he's really only screwing himself over. If he doesn't play in at least six games this season, the Saints are going to have him as a restricted free agent, meaning they have full rights to him, so his nego- his negotiation is going to be pretty limited. Not to mention, he's going to demand close to 15 mil per. I mean, he has been one of the most efficient young running backs in the game, but I really don't see the Saints doing anything. They've been really effective by these covid really affected by these COVID cap hits. They're currently uh, pretty close to the cap, and I don't see them freeing up any space until 2021 when they could potentially cut Emmanuel Sanders and Malcolm Brown. So I do not think it's Kamara's offseason. I think Kamara owners should be a little bit nervous. Boys, what's the thoughts?
2: I would be nervous if I was a Kamara owner as well. I don't really understand Kyle's logic of being excited about Kamara getting traded away from one of the best offenses in the league. I think that's kind of uh, you know bad take there. Yeah, it's, yeah, typical. He thinks little Tavius is just gonna become you know top five running back like Kamara would be um, with the Saints, but I don't see that happening, and I don't think Kamara would be in as good of a position wherever he goes um, outside of these the Saints offense. But I don't blame Kamara for you know being upset. He is you know criminally underpaid. He's, his base salary was under a million, but I know his, he was supposed to be paid $2.1 million this year, but wouldn't be surprised if he does hold out for the first couple weeks, but we'll see what happens. Um, yeah, I did see a report that Kamara
1: is has actually been in the building, um, but I don't think he's been practicing. Um, I know Kyle's been harping on Latavis Murray, uh, saying that Latavius Murray was an elite running back in 2016 Keeps bringing up his numbers in 2016 even though we're going into 2020 so I don't know how Kyle could think that Latavius Murray is going to be a top running back on his team if Kamara holds out um, so I would be a little bit nervous I'm hoping that uh, my man Forceful Fournette will take that spot in New Orleans in the 2020 season but we'll see hopefully in the next week we'll know more about the Kamara and hopefully he stays in the Saints, or he's traded. It'd be, we'll see.
0: Yeah, don't think. Uh, I don't think our man Fournette is headed to uh, Nolens. I don't either. I'll this do. is just one of those. <laughs> I'm just hopeful. This is just one of those examples of us as fantasy owners just really got to surrender to the league. Like I feel like the league just has it wrong for running back value. They definitely undervalue the running back position. And if you think that Kamara should be getting paid two million a year, that's absolutely nuts. They just signed Taysom Hill to like. I think it was like 10 mil a year or something like that. If Taysom Hill, the gadget player, is getting paid more than the most efficient, one of the most efficient running backs in the league, NFL's got something wrong there. Um, so, I mean, Kamara's kind of a victim. We're all victims.
1: I mean, I did see that he's trying to seek an extension similar to CMC's. So, yeah. I mean, that's a lot of money he's looking for. I don't think he's on CMC's uh, tier there, but uh, I think he could still make enough money to be in the top five for running back extensions.
0: Yeah, I honestly think when he gets extended, he's gonna get close to fifteen, if not fifteen.
1: Does anybody know what CMC's money is? I thinks? think it was like fifteen. You think it's gonna be similar or like sixteen? Th- I don't know, off the top of my. Head. I don't know either.
2: Yeah, it
0: was like. 15 I don't think he's gonna get year. to
2: fifteen, but I think he'll be the top five running back in the league. Paid more than Henry. I know he was at like twelve point five mil. I think he should be. I think so.
0: Henry is just gonna be so injury prone in the coming seasons. I think. Like, I hate when people knock that Kamara gets all of his work done on such little touches and that he splits his backfield and everything. When you're looking at that in a contract extension terms, you're looking at a running back who has half the wear and tears. Derek Derrick Henry. Exactly. Mm-hmm. If I get six touchdowns on 10 carries, what's the difference between if I get six touchdowns on 60 carries? Mm-hmm. 50 CMC carries.
2: Contract, four years, 64 mil, 30 guaranteed.
0: Four years, 64 for CMC, so a little over 15, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't see him getting that
1: much money. I don't think the Saints are going to give him that big of a contract. We shall see. Yeah.
0: Okay, and moving on to our third player here. He is without a contract completely right now. That is Mr. Leonard Fournette. Got released by the Jacksonville Jaguars. He is in no man's land without a contract, boys. What are we thinking about Leonard Fournette and his dynasty and fantasy value? I'm not going to lie. I'm a little nervous. Uh, I am the Fournette
1: owner in our league. I've loved Fournette. I drafted him in 2017 as a rookie. He was good for me. 2018, B drafted him. Shit for B. 2019, I take him. He was good for me. So I love Fournette, But I'm a little nervous. Uh, I was a little nervous drafting him too because I wasn't really sure how the Jags were going to look going into 2020. But now I'm even a little bit more concerned because what team is going to take him. I know he's he's not going to not be on a team going into 2020. But it just depends to see what team he's going to land on. That's, a, that's what makes me nervous.
2: Yeah, this is definitely bad news for you, Kevin. Obviously, if he doesn't land anywhere, uh, maybe in the first half of the season, yeah. maybe by you know middle of the season, people would be willing to grab him. I was looking at your roster, and I mean, it's a good thing that you have Ingram there. Mm-hmm. He's a solid uh, guy you could put into your RB2 spot. But then I was looking more... With your depth, it really speaks to you know how you draft your your team here. You have Curtis Samuel and Nikhil Harry in your flex spots. I will probably say probably the weakest I know. in the league. Right I know, there. but it's because I
1: drafted Mike Williams, is supposed to be one of my flexes, and he's out. So it is a little scarce yeah. out there.
2: Not the biggest improvement with Mike Williams, but he's still. better than Curtis Samuel. Better than Curtis Samuel yeah. for sure, and Nikhil Harry. But, but I know, just just saying, man. I, I agree with you. I'm
0: not arguing really. And before we get too far on the hype train, uh, Rykel Armstead is not happening, by the way. Um, You have to remember that Jay Gruden is his offensive coordinator. His RB1, dating back to 2011, hasn't had over 22 catches. So I'm going to give you a good luck with that and let my boy, Devon Ozigbo, take me to the ship.
1: You're only saying that because you just picked him up in free agency like an hour
0: and a half ago. Realistically, though, I do think that Thompson and Ozigbo are the guys to have in Jacksonville. I don't think that Armstead is going to do much. I mean, to be fair, the whole backfield probably isn't going to do much. But if there's a guy that I'm taking, I'm taking uh, taking my guy, you know.
1: When I got the news that Fournette was uh, released, I instantly looked for Chris Thompson. I was getting ready to pick him up, yep. and, I, and I saw that he was already on a team, and I was like, God damn yep. it, B. He picked up Chris Thompson. I think Chris Thompson is the only running back in that backfield, especially in a PPR format yep. that...
2: That looks appealing. Twenty first round pick, steal for me. Yep. You should uh, you know see upwards of you know plus fifty plus receptions this year, I think, in that Jags offense with Fournette gone. So I'm liking that right now. Yep, I
0: agree. So Vegas has the Bears at plus two sixty-five, the Pats at plus two eighty-five, the Bucks at plus three fifty, and the Washington football team at plus three seventy-five. Who is your favorite landing spot out of just those, whoever you want? Um, so I like the Steelers. I think the
1: Steelers is a good pick. Um, I think that James Connor, uh, I think his career is, I think we've already seen the peak of James Connor. I think that he's, his injuries and everything. I think that steel that I think that Pittsburgh needs to go back to that power run type of offense. Kind of like the Jerome Bettis speaking of Jerome Bettis, the bus did, did say that they wanted. He said that I would love to see Fournette in a Steelers uniform. I think that that is a great landing spot for him. I think that complements Big Ben and the passing offense.
2: Uh, so if I had to bet hundred dollars on it, I'm going to say Steelers. I picked Steelers as my the favorite team for Fournette to land to because Connor's going into his last year of his contract. It's a perfect opportunity for the Steelers to segue away from Connor, who's very injury prone. Um, not that Fournette hasn't had problems with his injuries, but I think Fournette is solidified him, himself as a better running back in this league. So I have Steelers as the best option for Fournette.
0: I actually think that Chicago is my favorite landing spot. I mean, I'm going to go with Vegas here and say Chicago and the Pats. I mean, I think it does make sense for Chicago, though. Montgomery with that groin injury, I think the Bears are going to be a little bit desperate right now to get a solid first and second down back who they don't have right now. I think potentially Nagy would want to get his uh, his running backs a little bit more involved in the pass-catching game. And I think he has two really able backs there in Montgomery and Cohen. I could definitely see them bringing in Fournette to take that role. Do I think he's going to perform in a fantasy sense? Not at all, but I think it could happen. If he was on Chicago, would you have him as an RB2? No, honestly, I think that anything that happens to Fournette after this day is dropping my personal adp on him at least three rounds gotcha. where he was being drafted in like the third or fourth round I think I I'm sitting on him until like the sixth and seventh now
2: if fournette does go to the Bears that's just fantasy wasteland there with having Montgomery and Cohen there already I think I don't like I don't like the idea of fournette coming to the bears I think we are gonna stick with Montgomery I know he's dealing with that injury but I don't like the idea of uh, having fournette come here and paying him I mean, you said that the Pats are number two in Vegas odds?
0: Yeah, Pats are number I don't, two. I don't see them go
1: to the Pats. I don't see it. They do, they have too crowded of a backfield, and it's not really their MO to have a power horse of a running back. They have like five running backs on the roster. They do, right yeah. and they're probably going to cut Lamar Miller. He's They signed yeah. him, and he's probably going to get yeah. cut. Um, interesting one. I I don't think, because the Bucks haven't really been talked about.
0: Yeah, the I, Bucks are number three.
1: But, Bucks are interesting. Bruce Arians hasn't really commented on it much, but when you think about it, so, Jacksonville Jacksonville's in Florida, Bucks are in Florida, great offense, no running back competition, and they're going to have, but they do, they are going to have an estimated one million dollars in cap space come after cuts. So they would have to either trade someone or cut some big name players to free up some cap space. That's what's interesting.
2: Um, but if I had the bet, I would say Steelers. I like that geography lesson you gave us there, Kev. Yeah, it was nice. I but I did have Tampa as my number two team as well, um, just because you know, Fournette's going to improve that team right away. And Ronald Jones, you really don't know what you're going to get out of him. I mean, he's shown flashes before, but who knows if he could carry that workload in Tampa. Um, So, I do like Fournette in Tampa as well.
1: I did see a tweet somewhere. Um, I can't remember who tweeted it out, but it said that uh, he's not really looking for money. He's more looking for a great coaching staff and an offense that runs like a power run offense. So he's not looking to make, you know, $10 million a season or anything. He's just looking for whoever fits him best.
0: Yeah, if I'm Leonard Fournette, I'm not being picky at this point. I'm trying to get myself on an NFL team because mm-hmm. uh, his trend right now is not positive. I agree.
1: So good luck with that, Kev. Trying my best over here. Matt Breida is coming up next. <laughs> <laughs>
0: oh, oh,
1: if any other no. running back goes down, Matt Breida is taking that RB2 Gosh.
0: spot. Here we come. Here he comes. All right, boys, that is the big news around the NFL. Some minor news, Mike Williams is on IR. We might have mentioned it earlier. No, uh, Tyrell Williams. Oh, Tyrell Williams, I'm sorry. Not Mike Williams. The much lesser Williams is yeah. on IR. Um, so keep your eye out on that. But moving forward, we did promise you all a new segment, and that is coming for the first edition right now, your first weekly F in the Chat, where we can pay our respects to the league mates that have fallen victim to injuries, injuries, cuts, trades, and anything else that can really fuck your fantasy season over. I wonder who this week's going to be, dude. So our guest shout-out today on the weekly F in the chat is our Leonard Fournette owner, (gasps) Mickey.
2: Me? No way.
0: I'm going to kick it off. If I'm a Fournette owner, I am absolutely sick to my stomach at this news. Like I said earlier, I think potentially he goes to Chicago or the Pats But where does Leonard Fournette go where he's a better fantasy prospect than he was three days ago? Nowhere. If there's one promising thing that Fournette was doing in terms of efficiency, it was getting involved in the passing game. But if he goes to anywhere that I'm thinking of, Chicago, Nagy's going to use Cohen and Montgomery. In the passing game, Fournette's going to be the 1-2 down back. New England, James White does all the pass catching in New England. Even if it's somewhere else, that's not where he's going to be focused. Not where he's going to get his advantage in catching passes. He's going to be in a running back by committee. I think the days of Fournette being the workhorse running back in the NFL are over, which sucks for you. And that is why we are paying our respects. Big F in the chat for me, for you, bro.
2: Yep, yeah. F in the chat for Kevin for picking Fournette and in the third round. Definitely not going to return that value this year. He's just got to hope he finds a good landing spot for the years to come. He's still young. He still has the potential to be good. Um, but yeah, so good luck. Kev.
1: I hate Jacksonville so much, dude.
0: Yeah, sucks for our boy Lenny, but honestly I think he can he can still produce for an NFL team, just not on my fantasy team, that's for sure. Not to mention, he just gets so many carries and it's the only way that he's gotten his numbers. So he's beat up teams see that i do not like the future for him where
2: where's the one place you guys see him going where he could get close to that level of production with the jags so tom was talking about a team
1: that might pass the ball a bit and i think it just goes back to the steelers they're still they still run the ball a lot enough i shouldn't say a lot run the ball enough and big ben if he stays in this for and stays in pittsburgh for at least like another two three years the passes are going to be there hopefully i don't think he's going to get i forgot how many targets he got last year? He got like, what, 60 targets? He got targets? a lot. He got a lot. He's not going to get that many. Even if he was in Jacksonville again, he's not going to get that many again. That was his peak for the amount of targets. Um, But my answer is still going to be Steelers.
2: Yeah. And chances are James Conner is going to go down again with another injury. He hasn't shown that he could finish the whole season when he's a starting running back. So I agree.
0: I actually like, I think the Steelers are a really good opportunity where he could make a good fantasy difference. I think Washington might be a decent landing spot now that Geis is gone. Honestly, though, I don't know how eager Washington is going to be to make a move. Um, with Antonio Gibson, I mean, I, I can't imagine him being a bell cow, but who knows? I think Washington could be a decent fit, but I didn't even think of the Steelers before you guys really brought him up. Uh, I think that's a really good spot. I'll shoot I'll shoot a team at you, Tom. One that hasn't been talking about talked about at all,
1: the Buffalo Bills. Oh, man. Hmm.
0: I, I really don't think that it would happen. I, think they I have, don't think so either. I think they have Singletary to play a role that is... I mean, we'll talk about Singletary yeah. shortly. <laughs> um, I think Singletary is going to play a role um, that's going to work them up and down the field for the most part. The Bills are super run-heavy. But they got their guy Zach Moss for the goal line. I mean, if they got Fournette, I really don't know who it would be in place of. I, I can't see it happening. But if he did go there, be interesting. it would be... Uh, I think another running back by committee situation. All right.
1: Enough hate on Fournette.
0: Yeah, enough talking about uh, Fournette. We'll give him the rest of the week off. (laughs) Moving forward, we're going to be expecting a weekly F in the chat throughout the season. So don't take too many L's or you will be exposed on the podcast. But the segment that you've all been waiting for, the biggest week of the year happened last week. And that was our Dynasty Startup draft. So we're here to talk about it. We're going to hype some of you up, we're going to throw some of you down, we're going over it all. We're going to start with our favorite picks, we're going to go around, give three of our favorites, three of our least favorites, and talk about why. So I am going to start with one of my favorite picks of the draft, coming from my co-host Mickey, and the second pick of the sixth round, someone that I think is getting a lot of hate, Mr. Stefan Diggs. I from yourself included. Dig Doug Diggs, you mean. He I did give him a little hate. I did definitely give my boy Diggs a little hate, but I think at the time that Mickey chose him in the draft was really solid. In that sixth round at the start of it, it's really hard to find those solidified wide receiver ones. Especially at the young age that Diggs is. He's obviously such a great receiver talent. It's gonna be it's gonna we're going to find out a lot this year to see if he's uh quarterback dependent or not. But Diggs is really coming into a receiving core that has nobody else. He always shadowed Thielen for his career, and now that he's going to Buffalo, I think he's going to have that opportunity to really succeed as a receiver one. Obviously, the big questions are that the Bills are pretty run-heavy as an offense, and Josh Allen's accuracy is what we'll call questionable. But I think that Diggs definitely does have the chance to make a huge impact, and at the second pick of the sixth round, Getting a receiver one at 26 years old, solid.
1: That's why I did my research,
0: dude. Oh.
2: <laughs> okay, I'll uh, I'll say my third favorite pick. I guess since after we you know blasted Kevin for you know the F in the chat segment, I got, I'm gonna pick another one of Kevin's players here, and I like his Travis Kelsey pick at 402. Um, if I could have a no doubt about a positional advantage for the next four to five years, and sign me up. I love Kelsey here in the fourth. Getting Patrick Mahomes' favorite target for years is just a nice feeling for me. It's just a nice security blanket. Um, we all know that Kelsey's a great player, so I don't really need to go into like the stats to you know convince you. But I did have him as my number one tight end, and to give him get him a whole round after George Kittle is just great value to me. So I'll go Travis Kelsey. All right. So for my third
1: favorite, uh, it's going to be Conrad with Henry Ruggs in the eighth round. So today we just got the news about Tyrell Williams being out for the season. So I love this pick a lot more. Uh, he's obviously going to be the wide receiver one, probably by midseason. He has Hunter Renfro and Brian Edwards to compete for that wide receiver one position. Um, I love Henry Ruggs. He's that speedy wide receiver, kind of like another Tyreek Hill. Um, so I think by midseason, he, we're going to see him be that wide receiver two in fantasy. Um And Conrad, I love his position here because he was still able to draft Amari Cooper, Keenan Allen, and rookie Jerry Judy and get Henry Ruggs after Jerry Judy. So uh, that's my third favorite pick there.
0: Solid. Solid, solid. All right, moving on. I'm going to get my second favorite pick in the draft. And I literally can't believe that I'm saying this. I think I talked all year about how I would never... Speak of this player again in good light, and that is Pops, David Johnson, by Sean. DJ Pops. DJ Pops, (laughs) with the third pick of the seventh round. And I think at this price, and just what was going on in the draft right now, Sean muscled up and made a strong-ass move to get DJ. I think, so he drafted him as his fourth running back off the board, who could potentially fill in as his RB2 without a doubt it without a doubt i think dj has rb1 upside when he was in his prime obviously a couple years ago he was a pass catching beast he now comes into an offense that has 150 vacated targets now that deandre hopkins is gone and there's no rb1 stepping in duke johnson is not that guy he's only rushed for over 100 uh, rushing attempts once in his career so they obviously took david johnson to be the rb1 catch some passes And I think he has some really sleepy RB1 upside here. Nice pick, Titters.
2: My second favorite pick in the draft is actually going to go to the other Murata brother. I'm going to go with his third-round pick of DJ Moore at 3.05. So I had Moore as my wide receiver 7 in Dynasty rankings, and he went off as the 10th receiver on the board, so I think that's good value already. He's only 23 years old. Coming into his, his third year, and I think since Kyle already had his Pass catching back with Elvin Kamara, and then his just workhorse, you know, twenty plus carries a game with Derrick Henry to get DJ Moore in the third round as his wide receiver one is just great value and just makes his team really dangerous here. He finished as wide receiver eighteen last year with Kyle Allen as his quarterback and only scoring four touchdowns. So if you could get to with the improvement of with Teddy Bridgewater coming in there, he that's this four at wide receiver, 18, absolute floor. And then if he could get to six to eight touchdown reigns, he's knocking on the door of a top t- top five wide receiver for sure. And I think he returns his value and then some at 305. Um, So I kind of got my mixed around. I should have had rugs at my two, um,
1: but I'm going to have Conrad again for my second pick here. It's going to be uh Raquel Armstead. I kind of threw this one in here. I So this is actually my third pick. I got a mixed around. Uh, I didn't put much thought into it, but I had him there. I think he's a meh pick, but with Fournette being cut, you have the possible starting running back, uh, which could be a steal. So we'll just see what happens in the next few weeks. My other one was going to be Lamar Jackson with B taking him in the, I believe, 5-1 spot. I thought B taking Lamar Jackson there was a great spot for him. He didn't reach on him. He actually dropped a little bit lower in his ADP. So B got kind of a steal there with Lamar Jackson being able to pair him with Christian McCaffrey. So either one of those picks is going to be my my next one.
2: Yeah, not a fan of the Armstead pick. Yeah, because... I threw that I threw that in there. I, I take I kind of want to th- take that back because it's really you wouldn't be talking about him unless you know Fournette was cut. So. All right,
1: we'll we'll cut that out. It's going to be Lamar now. Hey, <laughs> it's all
0: right. <laughs> yeah, Reichel Armstead ugly. It's just you know it's a backfield. It's two running backs that are worse than Fournette in the same shitty offense so ugly yeah i take it back dude. all right oh, sorry so moving on to my favorite pick in our dynasty startup draft the engaged man himself mr sebastian with raheem mostert the eighth pick of the ninth round i talked a lot last episode about how i think raheem mostert was getting super slept on coming into this season i think we really saw him flash his rb1 potential in those playoffs and towards the end of the season I love him at his price in the redraft leagues at the 7th round or 8th round, and I think Sebastian just got a steal and a half with him at the ninth round here. Props to my boy. I agree. So
2: I'm actually going to go with another player that Seabass drafted here, and I think this is, in my opinion, the biggest steal of the draft, and that is J.K. Dobbins at 508. When we did our rankings, I had him at RB17. He was the 21st running back off the board. isn't too far from the rankings, but to get him almost in the sixth round is, is crazy to me. I had him over guys like Swift, Gurley, Gordon, Fournette, and Montgomery in my dynasty rankings. Ingram's only there for two more years, but he's on the wrong side of 30, so we'll see what happens there. I, I, uh, I, don't, I didn't like the pick for this year. But just today, Coach Harbaugh did say that Dobbins is going to have a significant role in the offense this year, so that just boosts him up for his 2020 production. He's 21 years old. I think he is in the same category with Clyde Edwards and Jonathan Taylor, but they got drafted in the second round, while Jacob Dobbins is almost in the sixth round. The only reason is because those players are have a better situation this year because Clyde Edwards has that backfield to himself. Jonathan Taylor only has Marlon Mack to to compete with. I see Dobbins, after this year, being close to a top 10 running back as soon as next year, and once Ingram is gone, there's no telling what the ceiling is with this offense. So Dobbins is still the draft for me.
1: I like that take. Um, So for my number one, no surprise here, the commissioner himself took Juju Smith-Schuster. Too easy. He bashed on Juju Smith-Schuster all season, but he couldn't pass up on him in the fifth round here. So Tom took him at 5-7. Uh, uh, Juju was the 47th pick here. Absolute steal for an ADP who was around 17 in and, and sleeper. Uh, so Tom has a potential wide receiver 1 playing as, as his wide receiver 3. The Steelers are a pass-heavy offense. I don't see Juju really being worse than a wide receiver 2. So shame on those who passed up on Juju. And great pick, Tom.
0: Yeah, y'all slept. I was taking a nap on Juju. You guys were fucking hibernating. Tweaked. (laughs) All right, so those were the steals of the draft, but now we are moving on to my favorite part of the cast, and that shitting on you fools that made some idiotic picks. We're going to go around in a circle again from 3 to 1, talking about some of the picks that we hated in this draft. So I'm going to kick it off again. I always say to never draft quarterbacks early. And Mr. Chris Yaros, that is exactly what you did with Deshaun Watson with the second pick of the seventh round. I can't describe how much I do not like this pick. I think when I'm looking at at the team that you drafted coming into this round, you don't have a third running back. Your RB2 is DeAndre Swift. You see David Johnson, even Kareem Hunt, Ingram on the board. You see Judy, Hollywood Brown, Debo. On the board, and you take Deshaun Watson. If you had passed on Deshaun Watson, there were 16 picks that you had to wait. Two of those players had a quarterback, so that means you had to dodge 12 picks. And you still had Russ and Dak on the board. Oh, and Gallup and Waller, T.Y. and Jarvis. (laughs) Chris, it does not end. Come on, Chris. I think that was an L. Boys, wait on your quarterbacks. Thicken that starting roster and the bench in a little bit, then take your QB. Okay, so for my third least favorite pick is actually going to be Holes'
2: third-round pick of Melvin Gordon. I already talked to him about it. He's not a fan of it. But I think when Holes had Josh Jacobs and Tyreek Hill in the first two rounds, you know, solid, obviously solid there. Your first two picks are always going to be solid. I think he had a chance to be, to have one of the best top three uh, receivers in the league with Tyreek Hill and then getting Allen Robinson and then picking either... Kelvin Ridley, AJ Brown, or DK Metcalf instead of Melvin Gordon. I just he's kind of in the same boat as Gurley, getting older in age, on a new team for the first time in his career. Don't really hate Melvin in redraft, but for Dynasty, I just don't see him sustaining anything in Denver. Just just not a fan. Just a mad pick to me.
1: All right, so I'm coming at uh, Gary here. So uh, Gary. Noah Font. So I get that Gary was going for youth here by drafting Font, but uh, Zach Ertz was still on the board there. I think it was way too early for Font. I would have taken Ertz here all day, or I would have taken at least Ruggs or another running back in Lindsey or Mozart. Font's ADP was around 83 to 84, and Gary took him at 75. Um, Every team after Gary had a tight end except for B, and I don't think B was going to be taking Font anytime soon. So Gary could have waited at least a round or even two rounds after that to get Font. So not a big fan here, Gary. Sorry, but that's my uh, number three pick there. Worst pick.
0: Yeah, Gary, I actually like that pick. I mean, I don't like the pick. I like the player, not the price. We'll get it right next time, Gary. It's okay. All right, Gary. I know I just defended you a little bit there, but I got to come at you one more time. I hate to do it to you, brother. But the Devin Singletary pick at 6.05, vomit worthy. I think he has an okay floor, but given the context of the draft that you had, I just hate to pick Eric. You pick Gurley as your RB1. So if I pick Todd Gurley as my RB1, I'm looking for someone, you know, with a little consistency, a little bit of a, a, bit of a floor. I think you had a great pick in Chris Carson, even James Conner and Levy. But you went with Devin Singletary. The Bills coach mentioned this offseason that Zach Moss is going to fill the Frank Gore role which means no more goal line scoring for Devin Singletary. So he'll get you up between the 20s, from 20 to 20, but that's all. So I think you're getting about 8 to 10 points a game out of Singletary. I think that was an Elgar.
2: Okay, to get to my second least favorite pick, I know Tom was just uh, bashing on Chris for picking Deshaun Watson, but I think this is an even uglier pick with Will Fuller at 6.09. I was pretty shocked when Chris picked Will Fuller here. He wasn't even like in consideration for me. I was the next pick right after him. He was my wide receiver forty-nine in my rankings, and he went off the board as the wide receiver twenty-eight. Just so you know, Fuller has always had problems with health, and he's only played eleven games or less in the last three seasons. He has never finished a season as a top fifty. That's five-zero top fifty receiver. So to draft him here as wide receiver twenty-eight is just Ludicrous to me. I don't know what you were thinking. Bonkers, Bonkers yeah. I get it that DeAndre's gone, but I just I don't think that Fuller has the the skill or, you know, the capability to fill that void there. I don't think he can do enough or stay healthy enough to even be a wide receiver 3. Hate the pick, Chris. Sorry to do it to you.
0: Yeah, I don't want to kick you while you're down, Chris, but if B didn't put him on his list, that was on my list. All right, so my number two for my least favorite
1: pick, coming right back at Gary once again. Sorry, Gary, you don't deserve this, but Patrick Mahomes. So Mahomes is not bad, obviously. He's the best. I think he's the number one quarterback coming off the board here. He should be. But, um, well, the good thing is you do get a quarterback for 10 years, and you won't have to worry about that position uh, for a very long time. I just didn't like Gary's situation. He had two stud wide receivers in uh, Michael Thomas and Chris Godwin. So coming back around, he needed a running back. You needed a running back here. You had Austin Eckler still on the board. We're not going to talk about Leonard Fournette, Melvin Gordon. Well, you know, we're not even going to mention Melvin Gordon either. But you also had you just needed a wide, you needed a running back here that could at least have some youth in case of Do- if Todd Gurley goes down. But you took Patrick Mahomes. Um, so now you're kind of stuck in a situation to where if Gurley goes down. You're going to have Devin Singletary as your running back one, which I think is
2: not Not a good situation. Not
1: good. It's a little gross. Um, Hopefully Gurley plays out, and he could be that stud running back one, but he just has that history of injuries, and it scares me. Uh, So that's my number two worst pick. Don't hate on Mahomes, just didn't like the situation. I felt like um, you could have picked someone else there.
0: Yeah, Gary, I think if you – honestly, I love your team. If you take like Eckler there – and then you take Metcalf in the next round. You have Michael Thomas, Godwin, Metcalf, and Eckler to start your team. I think that's pretty solid. And then, you know, you, you, you just skip Singletary in the later rounds. But we, we're getting there, Gear. At least he got Adam T-Bone Thielen. He did get T-Bone, which is I, – I like the Thielen pick a lot. All right, we're done talking about Gary's draft for the next 10 seconds. <laughs> we're going on. <laughs> To the worst of the worst. First of all, before I before I talk down on his name, we got to give a shout out to our boy Conrad here, setting up the audio, helping us out today. Tried to hook up a couple different mics. Hopefully, we're sounding a little bit cleaner. You're such a good setup, dude.
2: Thank you,
1: Conrad. So good. Good. Yeah, dude. We literally have mics out of my ceiling, like coming down. We love it, dude. This it's is so at least good. like a ten thousand dollar setup, yeah. right here. Soundproof. Going big.
0: Awesome. So give us a like if you if we get better audio. <laughs> All right, Conrad, the audio is clean, but your draft board is dirty. Aaron Jones, as the fourth pick of the third round in your dynasty startup, that could be the most foolish thing that you've done all year, and you've done a lot of stupid shit. <laughs> I think Aaron Jones is a great NFL running back. He's a great athlete. He's one of my favorite players. But as a dynasty fantasy asset, just so many questions surrounding his injury concerns and the shared backfield. With Williams, with Dylan now, who knows how much Aaron Jones is going to see. At this phase in the draft, you had DJ Moore, you had Eckler. If you really wanted to reach, you even had Patrick Mahomes, all of which I felt safer about and better about for the future. Conrad, I think you really flopped in the third round here.
2: All right, going on to my least favorite pick of the 2020 re- uh startup. I'm going to pick on Gary again here. Sorry, bud, we all we all pick the player of yours in your draft, but I'm going to say Todd Gurley is my least favorite favorite pick on this board. You know, he was once feared, you know, known as the, the Todd Father or just Todd, but once he's gone down that slippery slope at the tail end of 2018 when we realized he had arthritis in his knee, same knee he had he uh He's toured his EL in, in college, and he's had problems with it before. I think 4.05 is way too early for Gurley in a dynasty format here. Last year, you could tell he was not the same player. He averaged under 4 yards per carry and finished with a career-low 857 rushing yards. He also had uh, his lowest targets and receptions since his rookie year. Just didn't see the explosive back that we've come so used to in the previous two years. Gurley did somehow finish as the RB14 last year, despite all those numbers, is because he did score 12 touchdowns. I do not expect them to get pretty much near that number in Atlanta, being the most pass-happy offense in the league, although although I do think they they give Gurley a lot of touches. I don't see him having much more than he did last year, and I think his efficiency is going to be more or less the same. But he won't hit that TD mark, so his RB ranking is going to go way down. I would pick players like Dobbins, Carson, Fell. And before his injury, I'd pick Montgomery over Gurley as well. So, just didn't like Gurley there in your spot as your RB1. I think you could have gone uh, either, if you wanted a production this year, I'd go Chris Carson. If you were drafting for the future, Dobbins. All right, so to
1: wrap this up, my number one least favorite pick is Holes. So, Holes drafted Darren Waller uh, in the 8th round, at the end of the 8th round, I believe. Um, uh, no, it was the beginning of the 8th round. Um, so, Darren Waller, I think he's good, but he only has one good season on his resume. When you have Zach Ertz still on the board, I think you have to go with Zach Ertz. Holes tried arguing age as to why he took Darren Waller. I believe they're the same age. Um... I think with Ertz, you get that floor and that reliable tight end, who you know is going to finish as a top eight uh, tight end. So I don't see as to why you took Darren Waller over Ertz, and that is why you are my least favorite pick, Holes. Sorry.
2: Yes, Holes. Don't take too much offense to that, please. Sorry, Holes.
0: Uh, for the record, Zach Ertz is two years older than Waller, so Holes, oh. you're not. You're not. Two. Okay. You're not. You're not that bad, dude. Okay. So I'll say I'll. I'll I'll lessen up a little bit. But But, I'll still take her all day there. But
2: the Melvin Gordon pick still sucked holes. You're better than that.
0: All right, fellas. We hope you liked that draft recap. I think three of you did. And I think uh, one or two of you did not. (laughs) Hey. We're here to help each other get better. There's nothing personal in this podcast, boys. Yeah, thanks
1: for not, like, going at Leonard Fournette there is my pick, you know? You guys could have easily just said, oh, it's the worst pick, but you guys didn't. Thanks. Yeah, you suck.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Leonard Fournette was a cop-out answer, we agreed, so you <laughs> couldn't choose him. That was too easy. All right, so we are going to finish it off with some classic buy-sell. Mickey is going to kick it off with yeah. a proposition.
1: Yeah, sure. I'll start us off with some buy-sell. Let's hear it. All right um so if big ben plays a full season he will be in the top 10 for passing yards do you guys buy
2: or sell that um just off the top of my head i think i would have to buy that considering the last time we saw him in a full season he broke or he led the league in passing yards it wasn't it in 2018 it was it Mahomes. i
1: can't remember I know Mahomes led in touchdowns, but I can't remember who led in passing yards. I think Big Big Ben was was over 5,000. I think he might have been up. He might have been number one.
2: I think with the, you know, Connor probably not going to finish the whole season. I think they're going to rely on Big Ben to throw the ball
0: a lot like they always have. I think he'll
2: definitely be top 10.
1: All right. So B's buying.
0: Yeah. I think I'm buying. I forget what the stat was. I think he threw like the third most attempts in the league that year or something. Mm. So, I mean, yeah,
1: 2018.
0: With Juju back, his offense runs through the pass game. So I think that I think that's a that's a solid buy with top ten. I I honestly never thought of Big Ben as a top ten quarterback in any sense ever again. And redraft, he's 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 okay to
1: scoop up at the end. Yeah. I think.
0: Yeah, he'll Why get not easy. not in fantasy, but like specific like
2: stats like that, like yards. He he's could be a top ten. in I mean, a specific even category. In,
1: in fantasy, he's always been pretty reliable. And redraft, I'm not going to draft him in a dynasty standpoint because I don't know
2: how many more years is left. But he's always been pretty solid. But I think just, more quarterbacks have jumped him that has made it less likely for him to be a top 10 quarterback. But also,
1: we have, yeah, we also haven't seen Big Ben without AB. So that is a big question mark. Um, Yeah, so I'm buying this too. I think Big Ben will just sneak in there as a top 10. There's a lot of elite quarterbacks there. Uh, obviously, Mahomes is going to be up there. Russ, Dak. Um, I'm trying to think of some other ones. But anyway, uh, I think Big Ben is just going to sneak right in that top 10. So I'm buying it this season.
0: Solid bet, solid bet. All right, I will go to my buy sell. I had one of them. If you are drafting in a dynasty startup today, with things the way they currently are in the league, are you drafting Alvin Kamara as your RB four? Buying or selling Kamara as RB four?
2: Right. I'm selling because I already had Dalvin as my RB four, and I would I probably wouldn't put Kamara lower than my RB five still because. I still think he does work something out. And I think with him being young, he's still going to be a top pick. I don't like him at four. I definitely, for sure, feel confident in Cook over Kamara then. So I guess I'll sell it. Yeah,
1: I'll sell it to B. Basically, just hit all the the points there. Uh, You're going to have Christian McCaffrey, Saquon, Zeke all over him. And then it just comes down to the debate between Cook or Kamara, and I'm taking Cook.
0: I think... I think I'm probably selling him, but not for Cook, I don't think. I think I'm going to sell him for Michael Thomas.
1: Oh, they going Joe Mixon.
2: His that's teammate. No. Not no. No, i mix that's, that's good. I didn't think about that. That's that's fair. In a PPR format, for sure. Definitely. I, see it.
0: I did say RB4, but I kind of assumed yeah. that we would go CMC, Saquon, Zeke as the first three picks. Yep. So I meant four overall.
2: Oh, okay. For the record. Oh, okay. four overall. Okay. okay. Yeah.
0: I'm Same selling.
2: Thing. Selling. Selling.
0: All right. All right, cool. All
2: right. B or up. Buy, buy, sell, to go with our favorite. With my favorite pick from the the draft, we're going to talk about J.K. Dobbins here. Are you buying or selling over one hundred fifty carries in twenty twenty for J.K. Dobbins? To put it in perspective, Gus Edwards last year never really like talked about him. He had one hundred thirty three carries last year. So, if you are you buying over one hundred fifty carries for Dobbins? Hmm. Over 150. I say that because of the news with Harbaugh just coming out and saying that he's going to have a significant role in the offense this year. So last year they had,
1: because they drafted Justice Hill, uh, which I think he's a flop. I don't think he's done anything. Um, You have Ingram. Uh, I think I'm going to sell. I think he's going to be right below. I think he's going to get to like that 130, 140. Um, But I do love 2021 season. It's going to be a tank, but I'm selling it.
0: Um, I'm going to sell the carries. Um, I think that people, I think it's very, um, how would I word this? People always assume too many carries to rookie running backs, I think. And when I think he's coming into a running back with an experienced um, Mark Ingram. I don't think he's going to be asked to take those bell cow carries like he did at Ohio State. I think he's going to shadow Ingram, in some sense, for at least a year. Next year, 150 carries. I could probably see in his uh, range of outcomes there, but I think 150 is a tough ask. I'm going to sell.
2: Yeah, it was just that headline of Harbaugh saying that, and then Mm -hmm. also they did say over the weekend, I believe, that they are going to have less designed runs for Jackson. Not really sure how much less. He had 176 carries last year, so... I don't see him getting below 150 there, um, but it was close for me, and the reason why I was looking at this is because if he does get to 150 carries, if he had the same efficiency as Gus Edwards, and I think he's a better player than Gus Edwards is, he would reach 800 rushing yards with just 150 carries, because Gus Edwards averaged 5.3 yards per carry in this offense. All the running main running leaders on the Ravens average over 5 yards per carry, which makes me more excited about Dobbins. I'm going to actually buy it. Right, I'm going to be the different
0: it. one here and, and buy. Sebastian's pretty happy with that answer. All right. Um,
1: I'll go on to number two here. We're going to Dig Dug Diggs here. Stefan Diggs will finish higher than he did last year. Last year, he was wide receiver 21 and a half PPR. Do you guys buy or sell?
0: I am going to buy. Gonna I have. shouted out Mickey taking Diggs for his wide receiver one potential on the Bills, and I think I'm going to ride with that. I think that wide receiver 21 is probably somewhere in the middle of Diggs's outcomes, um, but I definitely think that his ceiling is going to be a lot higher than that. I think he's going to get a good amount of potential in Buffalo. I think, obviously, his floor in that offense is a little lower um, than I was expressing at first earlier in the cast, but better than wide receiver 21, I'm going to buy.
2: I'm sorry, I didn't catch it all your whole, your whole question. What was it?
1: I said Safan Diggs will finish higher than he did last year in a fantasy standpoint. He last year he was wide receiver 21 and a half point PPR.
2: Do you think he's going to be higher? Do you do you think he's going to be higher uh, than he finished last year? No, I'm going to have to sell that. I I don't believe that it's the perfect fit for Diggs to be paired up with Josh Allen in Buffalo. I think it'll be close. it will probably be in the 20s range. I had him ranked way lower than that, but I'm going to have to sell him as an a uh, wide receiver 21. Uh, I'm going to buy it. Um, might be a little biased because he's
1: on my team, but I have him um, probably finishing around like wide receiver 17, wide receiver 18. That's where I would project him to finish, so I'm buying that one. Uh,
2: did B, you had, no, you had another one? I did have another one. I'll this, end us. I'll end. I'll end one. I have a good one at the end. Okay, and this this affects your man, your first round pick, Nick Chubb. Okay. I'm going to be talking about Kareem Hunt here. All right. He's going to really be stealing all those receptions away from him. Mm-hmm. It's Kareem Hunt, buy or sell Kareem Hunt over 65 receptions. He was on pace for 74 last year through eight games. Uh. And he's never had more. His rookie year, he had 56. And then uh, after that, he he was he had uh, shortened seasons, but was on pace for around that number. I'll buy it. I'll buy it. It's
0: a I big number. Think. Hmm, that's actually a good one. That's a good one. Because I think I am. I know Chubb is going to get no receiving work, mm-hmm. and I I really think Stefanski is going to run the offense through the ground, and I think they're going to keep focused on the ground. And that's gonna go through Chubb. So I'm thinking when they do pass, it's probably gonna to be to hunt. Sixty-five. I am going to sell sixty-five receptions. You said receptions, right? Receptions. Not targets. Okay, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna sell sixty five. Honestly though, I think he's gonna finish at like sixty two, dude. He's gonna finish between like fifty five and sixty
2: five. He hit thirty seven in eight games last year.
1: I like never realized he's like kind of a receiving back until he got to the Browns. I never really realized it.
2: Yeah, I mean his his rookie year. I'm looking at it now. He had 53 receptions mm-hmm. for almost 500 receiving yards. So his rookie year
1: was 17, right? Yeah, 2017.
2: Okay,
0: that was an exciting. I was just time. thinking, dude, back. I was just about yeah. to that
1: the 27, I was thinking about that today and driving the car. The 2017 rookie running back, running running back draft class mm-hmm. was so good.
2: It was yeah. it was. It was uh, like the best of like our time. Mixon,
1: Cook, Fernet, Fernet, CMC, Yeah. right right nuts. there.
2: That's nuts. And then there's probably a lot of other ones. So you are selling it?
0: Yeah, I'm going to sell.
2: And I'm actually going to sell it as well. I think 65 is just a little too high for my taste there. Tom, did you have one? Uh, no. That I was all. One. All right. Uh, I
1: guess I'll wrap up the caster with our last one for buy-sell. So Zeke, Saquon, and CMC all finish inside the top five for running backs in a 0.5, half-point uh, half, half point PPR. So last year, uh, let me pull this up here. Let's do half. So obviously Saquon, Sa- Saquon was hurt, so he's not going to be in the top five last year. But last year the finishes were CMC 1, Aaron Jones 2, Derrick Henry 3, Ezekiel uh, Elliott is 4, and Dalvin Cook was
2: 5. Are you guys buying or selling that those three finish in the top five? It's a good one, Mickey. It is tough because, you know, you rank these these players where you want because it's kind of like more of just like the highest probability, but it's very unlikely that they, they actually do. finish there. Like, like so Aaron it's Jarns. hard to ask that question at this juncture. I'm probably going to have to sell it. I know CMC is going to be finished number one. I know that. I was going to ask
1: that another one. I said CMC going to repeat as number one.
2: I think... That is a good question because it's it's very it's, it's like hard to repeat. It's probably less than twenty percent that they continue that they. It's probably less than that. Um, that they have the number one two years in a row. But I think CMC coming into this year has one of the highest probabilities of that yeah. happening just because of his receiving floor. Okay, so you have CMC in the top five. Do you have Saquon in the top five? Finishing? I do have Saquon in the top five. I think Zeke's gonna. You think gonna, Zeke... He's not going to fall out of the top 10, no. but I think one of them is going to have One to of them has to squeak out. out. Okay. Tom?
0: Yeah, I think I'm actually going to give the same answer there. I think that CMC is a pretty safe bet for top 5. Saquon, assuming he can play his full 16, I think top 5 is a safe bet there. Zeke, though, I think... His ceiling is RB1, obviously, but I think Zeke is more of, like, a floor play. I think he's probably going to finish somewhere between, like, RB7 and RB11. Like, that's his most probable range. Where a lot That's, of these... like, his
2: weekly finish. Yeah. He
0: finishes in, he, like, doesn't have,
2: like, those boom mm-hmm. weeks, but yeah. he n- doesn't have, like, any his floor. floor is just so yeah. high.
0: Yeah, he might not get RB1, but, like, he's probably going to get RB8 or better for the next couple of years. So, I think, like B said, if one of them's going to drop, it's going to be Zeke. So I'm going to have to sell.
1: Yeah, so I'm going to basically copy what you guys said. Uh, I'm selling it too. I just think that the top five running backs is too tight of a window. If it was top eight, I would buy that all the way. Um, But I think it's just too tight of a window to fit those three and just assume that they're going to finish in the top five. There's always going to be those other players that just surprise you. Like going into 20... Going into the 2019 season, I don't think any of us would have predicted Aaron, Aaron Jones, Jones finishing in the top five.
2: Yeah. I don't
1: think any of us would have predicted Derrick Henry in the top five. Yeah. Delvin Cook all- was
2: uh, was a known like yeah. second round pick that could have sneak snuck in there. So that was. But you know, any anyone could, Joe Mixon could finish in the top five. Nick Chubb could finish in the top five. Like any of these guys in the late first round. In second round could sneak up there. Bro, CMC freaking smoked Aaron Jones. CMC was number one with
1: four hundred and thirteen points. Aaron Jones number two at two hundred and ninety. Yeah. yeah.
0: Bro, was CMC's receptions were just nuts. Yeah, and a half point PPI. Jesus he was, Christ. I think he was
2: third in the he was second in the league in receptions behind Michael Thomas only. Damn. And he's running back insane.
1: Well, this year it's gonna be Devontae Adams made exactly. the league in receptions. I freaking hope so. I hope so too. Even though I don't have him. I think that's I hope a good so.
0: too. What? De- Devontae. Ooh. I hope so. That would do me some good. That's uh, another good buy, so. solid.
1: Devontae finishing number one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's right.
0: definitely possible.
2: You know, Tom's right. like, Tom likes that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> All right, fellas. think that we did a solid for you here. Telling you what you need to improve before we get going into this season. Giving you some news. Giving you some reviews on your draft. That was Hillscast Week 5. B's hosting it next week, coming at you for Episode 6. We're going to be giving the Week 1 preview. Boys, the season is so close. You can almost I, taste the, the queso. Queso. I know. I could, I could <laughs>
1: smell it. I can't taste it yet, though. I could smell it, dude. It smells so good.
0: So, get that money in. Do your studying. We got Man's League draft next Sunday. Be there or be square. Peace out, boys. On the hills, guys. See ya. See you guys later.